You can give him another hand. That was good. That was great. I don't know. And, and all the things that this becomes, right, having a gathering place and all the pieces, I think you forget about, about that each one of these little pieces ministry from the people uh, working on the sound, like you can hear my voice because someone was helping. And these words there, it's not magic. It's not the Holy Spirit changing the slides. There's a person that's doing that. And then the people who uh, practice these instruments and songs. And so it's really cool to, to actually kind of live that out, even though we do it imperfectly. So good, good to see you guys. It's summer. So, you know, everyone hit and miss and tan faces and old faces that look new and new faces that look old and uh, everything in between. But let's we're going to get started, guys. We, it's been a few weeks since we were uh, in First John, took you on a field trip, so we're going to circle back around and kind of come home on, on that. If you're just joining us, we typically will go through a book of the Bible, and then the uh, asterisk small print is, if, if the Holy Spirit, I really feel, is leading me to take a detour, we might do that. So we took a little bit of a detour, and then I was on vacation, so now we're back to First John. Let me pray. And then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, uh, you are, as Ross said, just unsearchable. Like We could spend all our days just learning new things about you, but it's hard to get past the goodness, your goodness, your kindness for us. And so I just say, the reason why I'm here, Lord, is I think that you've asked me to be here, and, and I feel like you're telling me things to share but I'm a very imperfect vessel, and, and so I just ask for your forgiveness, Lord, for my sins. Forgive me uh, for the way that I let the old man come in, Lord, the flesh mess with me and interfere with the new spirit and new heart that you've put in me. Forgive me of those sins, Lord. Just wash me clean, make me new, so that I could be uh, as, seen as if I was righteous, as if I'd never sinned before you. And Lord, speak to us today through your word, um, not only the written record of your word, but, but the way that you speak in your spirit today. Speak to the hearts of the men and women here. Continue your work of making them new and holy like you, I pray. Amen. So grab your Bibles, 1 John 3, 19 through 24. Uh, we'll also have those words up here, but I love for you to see it yourself so you don't think I'm just making things up, right? Side note, let, let's, you, the other point about this, why this is so important, why I would encourage you, if this is the only time, guys, I know that some of you might consider yourselves Christians, other of you might be uh, questioning and unsure about whether you want to be someone who follows Jesus and wants to be part of, of Christian community. But either way, I would encourage you, whether you've been here for 50 years or 50 minutes, um, a lot of what Christians do is based on what some other guy or girl told them. And that is very dangerous, okay? Very dangerous if, the, if your eternity and your whole faith practice is based on what someone else told you to do. Does that make sense? And, and so it really starts with that breakdown of, and I'm guilty because I have the verses up here instead of maybe making you look it up yourself. So I'm, I'm telling you, I want you to see these things. You're welcome to take notes. There's usually notebooks in the back if you don't have something. Because if, if something strikes you at a core level deeper than you could explain, um, 
I would explain that as, as at a spirit level, right? It's, it's, it's connecting with you in a way that's beyond the flesh, and you need to look at that a little bit more. Otherwise, we're wasting time if we're just hanging out. If we're not, my job as pastor is to stick with you on the highs and lows, the lefts and the rights, and the U-turns, right? And hopefully, we're all moving towards being more like Jesus, okay? And I can't, like, make the, give you that osmosis-wise, okay? It's not going to just, like, breathe off of other people around you and make you more Christ-like. It's, it's going to take some effort, some choices on, on your side and your part, okay? So all that to say this. We've read through this before, but circling back around, I wanna, we're going to catch the end of chapter 3 in 1 John. And verse 18, I step back one, verse 18 says this, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. So right there, we touched on that previously to say, man, haven't you looked around and seen people say one thing and do another? It's a very human problem. Because in, in principle-wise, we know what should be, but it is not always... Uh, Things are not always as they should be. So I really want to be honest. But in this situation, I think it's okay to lie. Okay? I really uh, want to be pure, but you don't understand my life. I have to resort to unpure, impure things. So we make an excuse, and so we say one thing and do another. Well, John, who wrote this letter to Christians, is saying, Guys, little children, my students... The people who are following me as I follow Jesus. Let's not just love by word. Like, oh, love you. Love you, Casey. Oh, hey, man, could I, could I come use the restroom? No, dude, sorry. Love you, but go away. This, this is not how it works. If, if I'm to say I love you, I should act in that way. Make sense? Verse 19. By this, why, this, why is this so important? By this, by the way that we love with our actions... We shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. Verse 24, whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. I don't know about you, but reading this, it sounds like John was encountering with this people a common problem that we have, that like self-talk that makes you really doubt what you did. Like, I think I'm doing the right thing, but you know, I don't know, right? That self-talk, that self-doubt, I would, I would present to you that, that one, it's you, but it's also the, the opposition that's there, the enemy that's there. There's, there's forces of darkness that really don't want you to follow Jesus. And your own sin, the sin of other people, right? And an opposing force is all going to get you to doubt every good and true thing in your life. So what he's saying here is like, you want to be reassured that you're in the truth? Yeah, yeah, I do, John. Okay, here's how you know. Are you loving in deed or just in word? Maybe, maybe that's enough. Maybe we should just stop there today, Rick, and we can all like break out and say, how am I doing? Um... But before you condemn yourself, say, I'm not, I'm not being that loving, Randy. You've got to understand that this is, what's, this is what the program is. This is what's expected from you. You want to follow Jesus and trust Jesus and live like him. You've got to love others. 
If you're not doing it, then this is something you should want. More than six-pack abs. Right? We'll keep going because we'll talk more about this. Verse 23. And this is his commandment, right? So he goes on to say these things about the commandment. This is his commandment. That we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he's given us. Okay. Right? All those verses right there. Well, because we've covered those before, I want to throw those out there. We're going to bring it back home. Now, I want to point out a couple things to you. First thing, something that John said there is this. We love in deed and truth. We love in deed and in truth. And we don't often think about this with Jesus. You know where it really hits home? Like parenting, if you do that. Um, marriage, if, if you do that. Family, siblings, cousins, roommates, all these relationships. It's reflected to us when we're around other people. It's one thing to say you love your wife. It's one thing to say you love your husband. It's, another, it's one thing to say you love your daughter or your son or your brother or your sister. But to really, look, we've got a visitor. Um, to really love them is to do something about it, Right? And so we are, as people who want to follow Jesus, if you're here today and you, you're questioning it, let me be honest with you. Here's, what, here's what's the program. Here's what you do. You want to follow Jesus, you do what he did, does. Right? Follow the leader. We follow Jesus, we do what he did. He loved in deed and truth. Next thing I'm pulling out for you. Whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. Guys, is that a troublesome scripture for you? Somewhat troubling, right? Why do you think it's troubling? You don't do it. Yeah. It seems conditional here, right? If you just read it at face value, it seems conditional. Okay? We receive from him what we ask for if we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And I'll tell you what, that's not very American right there. No, in America, no one can tell you what to do, otherwise you'll shoot them, right? So that goes for Jesus too. And this is a problem with our Christianity. Like we think like, oh wait, I thought this was all about grace and love and mercy and kindness. Don't, don't talk to me about laws and rules and following those. I used to go to that church, right? Okay, maybe, maybe we can, I'll go forward, we'll, we'll unpack what that means. But it says that, okay? It says that in the ESV translation, those are the exact words. Whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. So just go with it for a second for me, okay? Go with it. So if we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. So, Natalia, I think your next question should be, okay, what are his commandments and what pleases him? Well, John doesn't leave, leave this to the imagination. He shares with us a little later on. It says, this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. What's that mean to believe in someone's name? We've kind of talked about this a little bit. What does that mean? 
What's that? I almost heard someone talk. Yeah, speak up. Come on. Stay awake. It's summer. Try to emulate. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? Put your trust in him. Yeah. Anyone else? Believe everything that he represents? So, yeah. Man, this is, this is all great. It's this idea, right? If I'm going to be in, in the name of his son, like the name represents what you stand for, what you're about. Being in Christ is being for what he's for, doing what he does, going where he asked you to go, standing up for him, emulating, um, representing him. I, I'm from a big family, so I kind of get that. Your, your family name, when you come from a big family, you know you represent your family. And the people, before they know you, if they know your family, they think you're probably the same. Some of us, that rings true. Others of you are like, no way, don't, don't, don't put me in the same category with my family. But automatically, that's what happens. Okay, now, and then he goes on to say, whoever uh, keeps his commandments abides in him. So let's think about this. Let's, let's use your brains for a second, okay? So um, it's weird because we want this to be really conditional. Like if I, if I do what God says, he's going to do what I want, right? Because we're so extreme, guys. I think the term is, you know, we can be linear, right? It's always one or the other, and it's never somewhere in the middle, it's like, caffeine's bad, no caffeine's good, so I have 17 cups of coffee. And the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, but science will tell you both is true. And so we fight, right, over that kind of stuff. Um, let, me, let me illustrate it with this. I want to bring back a couple of these illustrations because we, we don't want to lose the traction we already got just because I like my family and I want to take a vacation. So... Um, so I brought this out, this idea of a balloon. So no matter where you're at today, I'm convinced of this. You have to continually uh, choose to follow anyone, okay? In our uh, social media-rich world, right, you, you follow people on social media. Maybe you follow them on the Insta, right, or Instagram for the boomers like me who don't know what that is, right? Or like, so you follow them. You don't follow somebody once and then never touch base. What happens when you follow someone on Instagram? Gets you in trouble. Gets you in trouble. That's true. Yes, help, help, help the old people out over here. So what happens every day when you click on your Instagram app? You see what's going on with their lives. It's continual, right? So like if you follow me and I, and I submit a posting, you're going to see it. And it's like day, minute by minute, day by day. So you want to sign up for Jesus' team? You do this every day, every minute. You follow him on life. And so the way that we illustrated this is there's something that existed. I got this balloon a couple weeks back and a couple weeks before that. A balloon, because it was fun, one, and two, because I thought about, you know, there's something that exists above, like, like the Lord, right? And he's given us this rescue line through Christ Jesus. And so people, when they find this, we get excited, right? We get excited, we say, yes. This is what church, there's altar calls, right? And you come up and say some kind of prayer, I want to follow Jesus. Boom, you grab on. Yes, Jesus' team. Woohoo, right? Um, And then what the Bible's talking about here is there's a challenge to stay with them. 
At first, it's easy. Yes, I'm excited. I'm focused. I'm focused on the things above, as the Bible says, and not on the things below, right? And I'm excited. I'm abiding in him. Now, if I want to follow him, just like if I was on Instagram, I've got to continually look to him. And What's going on with you, Jesus? Where are you at? What are you doing? What are you asking me to do? That's, be, that's abiding in him. That's, that's following him. That's being in his name. Do you see that? Does that kind of make sense? You are, just because you've received him, that is not the last thing that you do. Not for your salvation, guys. Understand me. That's not the last thing you do. If all that we wanted to do was get people baptized and we thought that's all that Jesus wanted us to do, then we wouldn't need churches. We'd just need swimming pools, right, and evangelists or whatever. The reason why you're coming here, hopefully, is because you want to grow and be more like Jesus for all the days that you have, whether that's like 30 years or 130 years or somewhere in between. And so what happens here, what John is trying to tell you is, like, keep Jesus' commands, Keep his commands. Abide in him. Think about him. Talk with him. Study about him in the word. Talk to other people about him. Be in places where Jesus is involved. So when Jesus says, follow me, we actually go where he's going. It sounds obvious, right? But, but Christianity in our culture isn't like that. It's, it's, it's like a belief statement. I believe in him. Well, yeah, but do you follow him? Do you do anything that he asks you to do? Well, no, but I believe I'm not the heaven and hell gatekeeper, but dude, like you better be following him. And if you're not, you should be afraid. You should be afraid. And so my job is to tell you that and to remind you of stupid little tricks like this. So when you think about it, when you leave today, you're going to have to choose to follow him again. What kind of things are you guys going to choose today? What to eat, right? What to do with your spare time? what to do with your bodies, your mind, your money, your relationships. There's all these questions and concerns that you have. And you're going to have to make choices. And there's the choice that Jesus would have you make and the choice that he wouldn't have you make. And you're going to have to choose. And whether you choose right or wrong, there's another choice right around the corner. Okay? Another choice right around the corner. So... What God commands, if we're really looking to him, what God commands from us is that we trust our lives to Jesus. And that means just everything, guys. If you, we, we as God's people, and I'm getting back to basics here, but we've got to hit this before you build on it. We actually have to trust in him. We have to trust the things that we've never trusted before to him. I'll say that again. You and I, let me make it personal, you also me, right? You have to trust Jesus if you want to follow him with absolutely everything. But that's not helpful. Here's what's helpful. You need to trust Jesus with things you've never trusted him with before. Well, Will, did my like, friends tell you that I was dealing with some issues? No, like, we're all dealing with this. Like, there's things that we're holding back. There's areas that we think God doesn't speak to, and so we still take care of those. We have these, these buckets, right? This is God's bucket. 
Heaven, hell, you can do that, God. Sure, we'll love that, right? But like, no, it's up to me to take care of A, B, and C. And so we become fearful, we become controlling, we live double lives. We're praise the Lord about this and then this, praise my ability to do it. So what God commands, what he's commanding, if you want to keep his commands, then we trust Jesus. And we love one another. Why are those two linked? I was was praying about that, Randy. You know, why are those two linked? You can't do one without the other? It's true. That's that's very true. But let, let me present this to you, okay? Uh, so let's say, you know, Ruth and I, we're friends. We have this relationship. For me to really love her, it, it sounds like this in our Prescott Valley English, right? It's that I would put her well-being and needs ahead of my own, right? I would serve her. I would see her a value and want to do these things that would, that would love her, care for her, encourage her, support her, challenge her, all of that, Right? Correct her when I think she's off base. Praise her when I think she's on base. What's the danger of me doing that? What dangers exist for me doing that? I might not do it the right way. I might offend her, right? Yeah, that's good. Someone else over here said something? Temptation between me and her? Yeah, yeah, right? My sin or hers? Sure. My plan might not be God's plan? Yeah. Pride. See, there's all these things at play. The other thing is, all those things have one thing in common. In the end, they'll hurt me. And maybe hurt her. But God says, if you trust Jesus with everything in your life, not that we don't have boundaries, right? Like, she's female, I'm, I'm male, I'm married, it's not to her. So we don't like have naked sleepovers, okay? That's not going to happen. You have boundaries. Don't just like, I can do whatever God wants me to do, and it's going to be, or whatever I want to do, and it's going to be fine. But what we can do is we can love our neighbor. We can love the people around us without the fear of being hurt because God takes care of us. Some of you are offended and some of you are laughing, so that's good. I'm doing a good job. Um, That's what it is. We don't love other people because we protect our own interests. Ruth, you can't have my time. You can't have my energy. What if you hurt me? What if you reject me? What if I do it wrong? Me, 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 me. It's selfless to follow God and to love your neighbor. And in doing that, you see things about you. And if we do these two things, we're abiding in Jesus. And this isn't the point of the sermon, but why do we begin to get the things we're praying for if we're abiding with Jesus? Because what we want is in his will. Here's something a little personal about me, guys. You know, I'm not like a fast car fan. Some people are like, oh, man, if I could have like a race car. That doesn't do it for me. It just never has. So like my desire, even if I had all the money in the world, wouldn't be to buy a fast sports car. Some people it is. If I had money to waste, I'd probably just buy a ridiculous truck, right? That's just me. So there's no temptation in that. You could buy a fancy sports car. Now, if I'm abiding with Jesus, the things I love, the things that do it for me are good things. So when I ask for them, I get them. 
We want to take it to the extreme, like Jesus is some kind of genie if I keep his rules. That's not what this is saying. What this is saying is abide in him, become more like him, and then your wants and your needs and your desires will be more like him. Sound easy? It's not. It's just not. See, one, there's opposition. One of the things that, one of the things that you found is there's opposition. Um, the verse I put up here is 1 Peter 5.8. Anyone know what that says? Yeah, so the devil's... Yeah, be watchful and sober-minded, right? Be on the watch out because Satan is prowling around like a lion searching for someone to destroy, right, is the idea here. He's, he is gunning for you and all the forces of darkness. They don't want you to succeed in abiding with Christ. Right? They love lukewarm, wishy-washy Christians that say one thing and do another, and there's countries and a whole world full of people who have the same story. The church hurt me. Like 90% of you got that same story, right? The church hurt me. One, it's never a church that hurts you. It's always people. Two, duh, Satan's winning, right? That's what's happening. Because we do the things, we do one thing, we say another thing, we fall into this opposition, and it comes down to sin. And that's where we use this illustration. Right? Jesus taught, one of the things that happens when we love our neighbors and we live lives together is we drive each other crazy. Things about us drive each other crazy. Like, oh, you eat with your mouth open, right? Or, oh, geez, yeah, right? And what he said is, we're, we're quick to notice, like, the splinter, the littlest speck in someone else's eye. Oh, Mike, why do you always, right? It's the littlest thing. Right? It's the littlest thing. And what's really happening, Jesus taught us, was like, this just shows your depravity, shows your humanity, shows your selfishness, so shows your sin. The reality is you've got like this log in your own eye. And you're like, Nevaeh, I mean, what are you doing? You know? And then she's like, you think I got problems? You should see the log in your eye, bro. And, and this is the reality of it. And so this has to do with sin. Anything that we do, guys, I know it's become a church word, but really there's God's way and then there's sin. There's God's way, and then there's sin. And here's what we love to do as humans since the beginning. Well, you know, God, could I just have a list of your ways? Like for every possible, is like blue the right answer or sometimes red? Like we want that spelled out, right? The reality is it's not that way. Because even when you follow the lives of the people who are trying to follow God in the scripture, he would tell them, go this way this time. And the next time they'd ask him, he'd have them go a different way. Right? It can be maddening. But, but sin is, is the huge problem with this. And that's what, we, that's what we encounter when we were looking at this. We're trying to abide in God. And because, as Jesus prayed in, in John 17, he didn't want us to be removed from the world, all his followers. He wanted us to stay in the world, but for God to use the Holy Spirit to keep us in Jesus. Right? And so... We're holding on for dear life, but we're distracted. There's our flesh, there's our sin, there's the sin of other people, and they're knocking into us, and we're trying to hold on. And and the wind blows, and the waves crash, and it's maddening at times. It's maddening at times. And on top of that, then you've got your own character issues, the things that get to you, that tempt you, all of that. You guys still awake? You doing all right? Okay. You know who Paul is? If we're talking about the Bible, not your neighbor Paul, but Paul, 
of Tarsus in the Bible. So Paul is kind of cool. One, he wrote most of the New Testament, really. And, and he really, the church that, that we live with and, and exist and in the fact that Gentiles, people who were not Jews, uh, born of Jewish descent, have a chance to be adopted into the family. A lot of that was delivered by this Paul. And one of the letters he wrote was to the, the Christians in Rome. And what's cool is there's this scripture here, and, and it, what's so powerful about it is it's me, and it's probably you. So let's check this out. Romans 7, we're going to cover verses 14 through 25. For we know, verse 14, that the law is spiritual. Okay, spiritual, right? Okay, catch that. I highlighted it blue. But I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law and that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. What? Okay, stop there a second. The law is spiritual. The law of God that he's talking about. God's ways. It's spiritual. It's not physical. As a matter of fact, in other, other areas of the Bible, what Paul explains is this. It's like, Lord, help us understand it. But when you think about it, here's what happens. You heard Adam and Eve, right? You guys remember Adam and Eve from Genesis? So on the back end of that, here's what happens. Everyone's bodies and lives started deteriorating and dying. Like everything got jacked. Your work, men, got jacked. Your ability to grow food got jacked. Ladies, thank, thank Eve for PMS, pregnancy pains, right? Like labor pains, uh, you know, Everything that you go through as a female, um, the division between the husband and wife, we can thank the fall of man for that. All of creation, the trees, the birds, everything now knows that life is not what it was meant to be, and everything is dying and deteriorating. Okay? When Jesus came, guess what? That didn't stop. That didn't stop. Like, everything's still dying. Like, I am getting older and so are you. And parts, parts of us are dying, right, slowly. Like, your, some of your memories, some of your feelings. And by the time you get to a certain age, or whenever God wills, your whole body will die. It's a life sentence for your flesh. Okay, we, we together on that? Here's another thing that's still happening. Jesus has to return and judge the whole world for sin and unrighteousness. And apparently it's going to have something to do with everything burning up. If you read in Revelation. So everyone who's like, it's going to flood the world. No, that's not how this thing ends, dude. Fire. Like if everything starts catching on fire, okay, we might be there. Right? The volcanoes start erupting or meteors start, whatever it's going to be. I don't know. But those two things are still happening. Jesus is not the way out of either one of those two things. Do you get that? The world's still going to be judged. It's going to be destroyed, and your body's going to be destroyed. Praise God, it better die. It better die. So he's saying, I know that the law, the goodness of God is spiritual. And that's why Paul was always explaining, listen, let the body die. It's going to die. But don't let your spirit go with it. 
Don't let your spirit go with it. What God's offering is a renewed spirit, a a renewed heart is the word they use, which is the center of you, the center of the man and the woman, the thing inside you that lives forever. Let that be renewed, made new, a new creation spiritually. But here's the problem with that. With that beautifulness inside still comes this ugly exterior, right, that's dying. And this exterior that's dying, and even the rocks and the mountains know that creation is not as it was meant to be. Like, go look at the lakes around here, man. Those things are, those things are sad. Someone should throw, like, antidepressant pills in there. Those things are really sad. Like, creation hates what's going on as much as you and I do. Okay. So Paul's saying, I know, guys. And this is Paul, at, this is Paul the, the disciple of Christ, the church planner. This is, this is not Paul talking about, oh, this is the old me. This is him as a Christian. And there's lots of debate about this, but I'm convinced that this, he's talking about his current status at the time of this letter. For I know that the law is spiritual, but I'm of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. Oh, geez. Anyone else been there? Guys, this is a real, this book is real. It's really the words of God spoken to men and women that they wrote down for, to help us. It's that lifeline. For I don't understand my own actions. I think that's a unification point for all of us. Why did I do that? Why didn't I do that? Why did I say that? Why, why didn't I say that? Then he goes on to say, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Yeah. Anyone else? Verse 16, now if I do what I do not want, so if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law. Which basically says, right, that, that like our humanity, like we can't do good. I'm proving it because every time I do the things I don't want to do. I'm proving that I'm incapable of being good and righteous on my own. Right? So if I, if I do what I don't want to do, I'm making the law true, which is good, he said. That's good. So now it's no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. So Paul's saying even at that point, there's a sin that dwells in him. I mean, come on, man. Doesn't, guys, and this is, this is what, if you just watch the news and stuff, look at every pastor and like worship leader and all the garbage that they do. And maybe the pastors and leaders that you've done, just because you're trying to do things for God doesn't mean that sin is not creeping up on you. Just because you do whatever you're doing in your life and take on whatever role of leadership doesn't mean that you have all the answers and that there's no sin. Verse 18, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that's, that's in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out, right? And this shows itself up. Let's, let's, stick, let's step on toes here, okay? 
Um, I know in our culture, you, you need money to pay your bills and to buy food. Okay? Um, and you want to do that right, but either you're too poor or too rich. Like, you're never enough, right? You're never just right. And so we struggle with that. As much as we want to handle our money right, we continually fail to do that. And what about your, your sexuality? I mean, ingrained in every man and woman are these desires, right? For companionship, for touch. And like, how are you going to carry that out? How are you going to do that in a respectful way? I mean, come on, man. Like, the, the statistics are staggering when you think about, like, adultery and pornography and stuff like that in our culture. So you've got tons of men and women who love their spouse, who honestly in their heart wishes the two of them could just get together and do this right. But because they don't, they do what they hate. Right? I don't think anyone who dabbles in pornography or has, has an affair afterwards is like, yeah, high five, that was awesome. I'm so glad I did that. Not my experience with sexual sin, not the experience of anyone else I've ever talked to in sexual sin. You know that's not what you wanted. Like, so many of us, right, are so afraid, but we live in fear because we can't let go and trust Jesus, or we control because we can't let Jesus carry this out. If I don't make this happen, it's not going to happen. It's going to fall apart if I don't control it. We don't create space, guys, so we're so, we're caffeinated to wake up and alcohol to go to sleep. And I'm not hating because I had coffee this morning, okay? No alcohol, but coffee. But that's because I guess, but, but, but honestly, I, I get that, but it's kind of like, woo, the new energy drink now has seven times more caffeine. That's a good thing. And now you don't have to sleep at all. It's great. It's great. You can just stream Netflix all night and then drink one of these and work a full day. You'll be good. Like, these are not good things, but we keep doing the things we know aren't good, even though what we'd really like to have a solid night of sleep without stress. What we'd really like is not to have to drink a bunch of alcohol to be able to relax or take a pill to relax. What we'd really like is to have a fulfilling physical relationship with somebody where it's right to do that. What we'd really like is to have a job that paid our bills, provided for us, that we could feel good about, that we could enjoy. I mean, these are the wants that we have, right? But what wins over is our gut that wants it even when we don't have it in that moment. We don't trust God for it. I have the desire to do what's right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. You know, so Satan's the, the prince of this world, the lowercase g-god of this world. So he's like doing all sorts of trash and garbage. I, th- I think back to that. There's not a lot necessarily in the scripture about that. There is some. But I kind of like in Job where Satan comes, and this is my paraphrase, and God's like asking him, right? He's like in the heavenly host. Like, where you been? I've just been walking to and fro on the earth, just seeing what I can kind of mess with is basically what he says. And so you kind of, you see that it's, it's hilarious because he's doing, it's not hilarious, but it is in a sick way. If you've got a sick sense of humor like me, you see him at work and messing with us. So you've got tons of Christians, even Paul, who wrote most of the Bible is like, I can't even keep doing the things I want to do in my heart, but I keep doing the evil I don't want to do. And when I watch people, because I'm physical, right? So I see the physicality of it. When I watch people, what I see is the greatest evil done to you is done by other people. 
really. And it's, it's preserving their self-interest. It's not loving you, but loving themselves more. And they hurt you the worst. As a matter of fact, I know I've done harm to people in my own self-preservation or weakness. And then he goes on to verse 20. Now if I do what I do not want, it's no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. So I find it to be a law, kind of like I find it to be a rule, that when I want to do right, evil is close at hand. Anyone? Like, you want to do right, evil's at hand. For I delight in the law of God, and then he writes, in my inner being. Like, inside I really want to, but I see my members, right? But I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man am I, who will deliver me from this body of death? Verse 25, here's the good news, right? Thanks be to Jesus through Christ Jesus our Lord. So then, so then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Here's kind of the, the main reason why I really wanted to share this with you. I caught this when I was reading through this. Do you see that? I myself serve the law of God with my mind. Why is that important, Will? Okay. I know we'd love a formula, right? We'd love step-by-step guide on how to do this. Well, this is about as close as, as we're going to get here. He went on before to say, man, here's how I understand it, okay? Like, there's this part in me, ever since I was accepted Jesus, ever since, like, the seed was planted in me of the Holy Spirit, there's this part in me where I'm beginning to see things. Like, I, I notice that things aren't right. And I really, really want to do things God's way. As a matter of fact, when I go to God things, like church, I feel good. Because I'm engaging that part of me. And when I write a check to charity, I feel like that's probably good. And when I let someone, you know, I open the door for somebody, these are good. There's goodness, like, in me at a core level. And I, I, I feel that, right? But then my members, my flesh, like, ugh, it's always wanting what it wants. It's afraid. It's controlling. It's lusting for money, power, sex. It's desperate for attention. It's desperate to be special. Right? No one wants to be equal. Everyone wants to be special. That's not the fight. The fight is not equality. The the fight is specialness. It doesn't matter who you are. The fight is specialness, right? You you went to school when I went to school. This back in the old days, right? Not not that old days. But, you know, you had different cliques, right? There was a joke at one point in time. No fear t-shirts were huge. And it was a joke, like, you don't even have a no fear shirt, you must not be cool. So some of you are my age, you're laughing. And then other people who didn't want to wear, you know, uh, no fear shirts, they all decided to be unique by getting trench coats. And they all were uniquely wearing trench coats and boots, uniquely. Okay, everyone wants to be special. So that is your flesh, that is your members waging war. So you've got this inside part of you and this flesh that exists. And guess what? It won't stop till you die. 
And killing yourself is not an answer. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What am I going to do? There's a battle raging in each Jesus trusting. I didn't use the Christian word. Jesus trusting. Are you Jesus trusting? There's a battle raging in each Jesus trusting man and woman. Do you feel it? Do you feel it? Are you aware that it's there? Are you not ashamed that it's there? Don't be ashamed because it's not just you. See, there's two seeds that have been planted. One is a spiritual seed. This this new creation in Christ. He's given you a new heart if you believe in him. He's given you a new center. He's made you righteous before God through the Holy Spirit. And what he's doing now with all this pain and this work is the, is the word we use, sanctification. He's, he's setting you aside for the goodness of God to be made righteous. And so each one of you, if you really want to trust Jesus, here's what you're agreeing to, that you want to follow him and that you want to be made more and more into his likeness. When you do that, that's inviting pain. That's inviting struggle, but also joy. And delight, right? And peace at times. It's all of those things. But there is a war waging because your flesh doesn't go away. And then there's the seed of the flesh. That ever since Adam and Eve, the body you were born with, the humanity you were born with, right? You're born into this flesh. And at some level, even if you don't get caught in addictive habits, you are addicted to like water and food and not getting hurt. Those are limitations for you. Because you, your body won't live forever. And when it burns, you take your hand away. And when it's uncomfortable, you go to a comfortable situation. And you get afraid of things. And you self-protect. You're a baby and you're born and you're dependent, but you're selfish. And it doesn't stop. We send you to school. We teach you critical thinking where everyone else is stupid but you. Right? Tell me why this author is stupid in the paper that they wrote and how you're so much smarter. And then when we're 18, we're like, quit being so arrogant. We don't win this game. Do you guys see this? But Jesus does. So you've got this battle of the seeds, the seed, right? See, Dante, I see that's like, oh, man, if I can look at it that way, I'm thinking it helps. Because what Paul was saying, guys, is he said what he did is even though his spirit wanted good and his flesh wanted bad, the tiebreaker was his mind. Do you see that? So then I... Myself serve the law of God with my mind. I didn't catch that before, Derek. The mind is the tiebreaker. The mind is the tiebreaker. How about that, huh? It was right there all along, Mike. Two seats. seeds. So I guess it's like the cliche answer, which seed are you going to water? Is that what I should tell you probably? Which isn't wrong or not true, right, Randy? It's probably what I should say. I mean, it's the reality of it. And I think this is where, um, you know, where we're rebellious you know, you think about the nature of even our country itself. It was a rebellious act that started us, and it remains that way to today. So 
So like even this idea, right? Like um, every scientific source would tell you drinking water is good for you. And so uh, some people are like, yeah, I prefer my water dirty. So I get like tea or coffee and I don't drink much water. But, but one couldn't argue the action with your mind, the, the fact that so much of your body is made up of water that it would make sense that you need to replenish it, right? If we're just being honest, I mean, we don't be honest anymore. Like, we don't be honest and use our minds, but, but honestly, like, you need to have some more water to replenish the water that, you know, you're sweating out, um, all the other non-discussable things that you'll do that will dispel the water. Um, it just makes sense, and we don't, and then when you tell me it makes sense, I say, no, it doesn't, right, because I'm a rebel, we're an adulterous people. So with these two seeds that exist, this is what Paul is saying. He's like, oh, man. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. So we become so rebellious. We're just like, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what's true. I want to say I want to believe in God, but then do nothing about it. What do you think happens if you do that? What did you do with your mind? What's that? Your mind gets trashed because your mind just chose what? The flesh. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Your mind gets trashed. See, here's what I have to tell you. Here's what I love. There's probably some of you guys, we've got a baptism to do. It might be next Sunday, the Sunday after that. If you haven't been here, we've got a hot tub out there. So we're really roughing it for the gospel around here. It's even warm. But some of you, okay, I I mention this to you because here's what I've found in the last decade being involved in ministry is we're so rebellious that we we don't even want to do like baptism. So we come to Jesus but ba- I'm not going to do baptism. Like, that was the first thing my church taught me was commanded by Jesus. He did that. He said, do, do like I do. And then we weren't baptized. So we started off our relationship with Jesus being like, I accept you-ish. Does that make sense? I know some of you are offended. This is good. I've got to quit being so agreeable. But, but if you think you can live like 60 years as a Christian and never change, then you should be scared to death. Okay, because what Paul is trying to tell us here, if there's two seeds, which one are you going to foster and nourish water? And whatever your mind chooses is what gets the resources. Do you see that? So it's not wrong. Like churches, they told you things like, okay, well, now that you've accepted Jesus as, as your Lord and Savior, right? Whatever process that they had, then they might have something they would ask you to do to go through a class, which isn't bad, but but isn't explicitly spelled out in this. But, but Jesus invited us to be baptized. Right? He invited us to be baptized. He was even baptized himself, even though the baptizer of him was like, I shouldn't do this, man. I'm not worthy. He's like, do it. Okay? But we're so rebellious that we don't even want to do that very first thing. And when we don't do that first thing, we're really choosing the flesh. I'm here to tell you guys, if you want any part of following Jesus, you're going to have to choose between those two seeds. They exist both in you. Which one will you nourish? So they would tell me, read your Bible every day. We had an envelope. We would check when I was a kid. Did you read your Bible every day? 
And then when you get older, you get rebellious, right? Critical thinking. I started tearing that apart. I literally tore the envelope and didn't want it anymore. We don't even have them here. But the reality, what they were trying to point you to, and what I need to do is just tell it to you differently. If there's a seed in your soul and in your, at the center of you, in your spirit, okay, not soul, spirit, that wants everything of the kingdom of God. Its food is the kingdom of God. You've got to feed it the kingdom of God if you want it to grow. Does that make sense? That's why we opened this building up. Like, there needs to be a place that we go to worship God where, we, where we're feeding that seed. And so we try different things, right? We study the Bible or like a cool book where someone else was trying to feed you about the goodness of God. We play music where we can praise God. We pray to God to be more dependent to him. We read the Bible, which is a, a, a source of food for us. All these things, we, we do it because we want to feed that good monster inside, right? Or we feed our flesh, We feed our flesh. And then what do you feed your flesh monster? The things the flesh monster wants. So every time we're like, uh, I don't want the spiritual food from heaven. I want this instead. We're feeding the wrong thing. I don't think we think about it much like that. So that's why I invite you guys to if you're going to be part of this church, I don't want to be like the pastor that's here to put on church. So you can come here and you can give like, I don't know, what's, what's a useless food maybe for nourishment? Pick one for me so I don't have to pick on it. Anyway, you give yourself kind of a worthless food by coming here and feeling good because Will will say some things and Ross will sing pretty. And it'll feed that little spirit inside me, right? And then I'll go out and with my mind the rest of the week, I'll only choose the things of the flesh. And then I'll wonder why 50 years later I haven't changed it all. Because you've never fed the spirit inside. You've never fed the seed inside you. So the invitation is that you come here so you can feed the spirit inside you. The seed of God, the new life, the new man, the new woman. But you're going to have to put away some of the flesh stuff and choose some of the spirit stuff if you want to grow. And that is not on me. I will feed you, but if you chew it and spit it out in the napkin, it's not on me. So what I want to ask you today is very simple. I want you to begin to think about it like this. And this is what Paul was saying in Romans 12, 2. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. What he's saying is like, you got a choice. You can choose to feed your flesh, which is going to go towards this world. Or you can choose with your mind not to be conformed to that, to feed your spirit, to watch that grow. Watch that to take on a bigger part of your thought process. And then you will be changed. But it's, it is a choice of your mind. So with that being said, I'll invite the guys to come back up because we'll... We love to play some music at the end because it's a really good time of reflection. What I want you to think about is I love you to think about those two seeds. Give you a little prompt for this time when we're praying. We'll pray. I'll pray a little bit. We'll pray together. Um, 
And if you've never, never really chosen to be a Jesus follower, and today you're like, I, I want to follow Jesus, I'll go, I'll go in the back there. If you would, you can come talk to me, okay? We'll talk about how that works. I can pray for you, and, and then we can kind of go from there, okay? If you have already trusted Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord, and you're working this out, this battle, I just invite you to spend some time with him right now. I don't, I don't have magic words for you. And you could do that alone. You could do that with the people around you. Jackie's in the back here, and she's here kind of dedicated just to pray with people if anyone needs prayer or encouragement. But I, I want you all to consider this, to bring this before the Lord. The other thing is if you are a follower of Jesus, uh, what we're taught and what's true is that you receive God in you, the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit is a comforter and a counselor and a convictor of sin and righteousness. And so you don't need a magic holy man or woman to help you with this. You have the holiest of holies, right? God himself that will speak to you too, okay? So let me pray and then we'll, we'll pray and we'll sing some praises to God. Uh, Jesus, I, I thank you I thank you for offering us uh, your life, your sacrifice. Because it's easy to forget, if you didn't do that, my, my spirit would just go with my body to destruction, and now it doesn't have to. Forgive us, Lord, because we do the things we don't want to do. And the things that we want to do, we just can't get them done half the time. So we just thank you for your mercy, your kindness, and your forgiveness. Strengthen us with your spirit so that we can respond in the only way possible. One, worship you. Two, keep your commandments. Lord, I just pray that you would do what you do. Keep the work going that you're doing in the hearts and the minds of men and women here. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.